Well, good morning again. <laughs> Praise God. Well, today is from today onwards, things begin to kind of return to the normal routine events slowly as the month goes by. Activities will be added to the church during this month and the course of next month. And guys, really looking forward to a fruitful year. Amen. And, and I hope you as an individual, you guys as families, you as young people, as, as middle-aged people, as older people, all age groups, I, I hope that you are looking forward to this year. You see, the Bible compares our Christian life to a race. And so today we're starting a new series called Ready, Set, Go. Okay, uh, it's early in the year, so maybe it's a good time for us to, to consider uh, this. Having a great year, a good new year, it's not just about having resolutions in January, which everybody likes to make, and by February, bye-bye, they're forgotten already. Having a great year, it's not about resolutions. But it's about giving attention to basic principles. And in this series, over the next two weeks today, the next it's a three-part series, we're going to look at some basic stuff. My observation as a pastor of many years and in, in all sorts of counseling and, and situations and problems, I've noticed one thing. Big problems are usually the result of ignoring small things. And one small thing on top of another small thing and another small thing, it's only a small thing. Who cares? It's a small thing. But you see, a bunch of small things added together becomes a big thing. And it becomes a big problem. And so let's start early in the year and let's look at some basic stuff. Basic stuff. Amen? Amen. And so, ready, set, go, it, it's, it's, it's talking about a race, and, and uh, you know, the, the Bible often makes a reference to, race, to, to our life being a, a race. In today, part one, we're talking about starting strong, and our scripture for the series comes from Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3, and, and I, I, I want you to go back there, not only read here in church, but go home and, and read the scripture, read the other scriptures you're going to be given in the course of this message. Let them echo in your mind and in your heart. Let them sink into your consciousness, because these are, are basic principles, but they're foundational, and they are key to ending the year well. And it says the following, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what on earth is he talking about? What witnesses? You know, when you read this, it looks like I got a bunch of eyes on us. What is he talking about? Well, chapter 12 follows chapter 11. Duh. <laughs> Okay, And in chapter 11 of Hebrews, Israel has a whole list of heroes of the faith. It's a whole list. You go there from the Old Testament. All those big heroes of the faith. 
And he calls them witnesses. All of them lived with hope. All of them lived steadfastly. Lives of faith. Lives of waiting on God. Expecting on God. None of them saw Jesus. But they were all expecting Jesus. They all believed in the coming of the Messiah. In the coming of the one who would set them free. And they all were people of faith. Examples of faith. And they say, these guys have lived, they've died. they in eternity. And now, in eternity, they're kind of cheering on for us and say, guys, keep on doing it. We did it, you can do it as well. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We've got their stories. They're written for us. And so he says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us Run with endurance. You see there? The metaphor, the picture of a race. Let us run the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Despising the shame. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That part that is highlighted over there, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and then looking unto Jesus. That is highlighted because that is a part of this verse which we're going to be focusing in today. Every week, we're going to focus on a different part of that passage. But that's what we are looking for today. So you see, he uses a picture of a race. And the race he's referring to is back in the olden days, back in the Bible times, the Greeks used to have these races. They would run around the stadium. And many would set off and they'd run and they'd train for this race. And the winner, the one that, that came first, would g- receive a laurel. It was like branches, you know, that, and he'd be crowned with this laurel. And he was the winner of the race. And he's saying, we are running a race as well. In fact, he speaks about the race. Our Christian life is like a race. We are running towards something. And he says, hang on, Jesus did it as well. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him. You see, when you run in a race, you keep your mind at the end product. You keep your mind on the finish line. You keep on my, your mind on winning that prize. And, and, and the joy, that thinking, the joy of getting there motivates you to get up in the morning and train and, and to eat healthy and, and to get fit and to run that race. And he's saying the same way that athletes endure stuff so that they can win. He's saying we as Christians, we have to have the same attitude. We have to face some things, endure some things, so that we can win that race. Jesus did it, and so we can too. So there you have the picture of the Christian life as running a race. In fact, running the race. And so this year is part of the race that we have to run if we want to finish well. And so we need to start strong. Let's run the 2019 part of our race. Let's run it well. Let's finish well. And to do that, we need to start strong. So what does it mean to start strong? So I want to share with you three essentials to starting the race strong in 2019. 
And I'm going to share with you as we go along three points. And uh, they might seem simple, but listen carefully. And at the end, I'm going to revise a little bit. And you're going to see that it is not as simple as it looks. Ready, set, go. Part one, starting strong. Point number one, have some clear goals. Amen? Have some clear goals. Listen, if you are running a race, you better know where you're running to. Hello? Okay? If you're running the Comrades Marathon from Peter Maritzburg to Durban, you don't run towards Johannesburg. No matter how strong you run, how f- strong you start, how much you put into it, if you're running from Peter Maritzburg to Joburg in the wrong race, man, you ain't going to get anything. And so in life, we need to know where we're running to. Unfortunately, many people have no idea where they're going to. They're going from day to day. As the wind blows, they go with the wind. And we are called to have some goals in our lives. Starting with some spiritual goals. And then out of that, personal goals, family goals, etc. Amen? But we need to have some goals. You're going to see some, some scriptures that I've got over there. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, that is our, our key scripture for the whole series. Then there is Philippians 3, 12 to 14, and I invite you to write these scriptures down, and then during the week, go over them, read them, and, and revise them. I'm going to be referring to them as I share these points, because some of those scriptures, they apply to more than one point. That's why I'm putting them all on top there, and not necessarily next to the points. Proverbs chapter 4, 25 to 27, and 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 to 27. So let's start, number one, have <clears throat> some clear goals. Obviously, you need to have some goals for this year, amen? Not just those resolutions, like I said, but goals. Goals are, are ideals you want to achieve, and there is a plan, and there is a date, there is a way that you have to, to in, in mind to achieve them, Amen? Um, so Hebrews 12 says, For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. So Jesus had some clear goals in his life. And that's why he was able to do what he did. His whole life was centered around some very clear goals. And everything he did, he did towards that. And so we are invited as well to have clear goals. Jesus had, had clear goals, was able to be disciplined and focused, and he even endured opposition and even death to attain his ultimate goal. Now, I don't think many of us here will have to die for our goals this year. However, we need to have goals and convictions that we are prepared to die for. Huh? Think about it. We should have goals and convictions in particular that you are prepared to die for. Because, you know, we sit comfortably over here and enjoy worship and the word. And, but we've got brothers and sisters right now in certain parts of the world that they are risking their lives to get together like this and worship. To get together and pray. To get together and, and study the Bible. One American colleague that was in one of these countries recently he, he met in a hotel room, and the believers that came, Christian leaders, they came from far away. Some of them were traveling for three days to get to this hotel. And when they got there, they had to go in two by two, as if they were just normal people, go to the lift, press, go up, and then slip into the room. Half an hour later, another two come, and they go. Eventually, there were about 
20, 30 liters, all crammed in this hotel room. It was hot, no air conditioning. And this guy taught them for something like 12 hours nonstop. And the guys just listened and took notes. You see, because these were Christian leaders who came from far away to get fed, to go back to their communities and spread the gospel. They were risking their lives. If authorities burst into that room any moment, those guys could be killed and this guy could be put into prison and who knows what. These guys had some clear goals and they stood for goals and convictions that they were ready to die for. Brothers and sisters, we need some of those in our lives as well. We live in this society which is all about me, 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 and, and I change to sh- and I shift to fit what is you know, popular. Guys, we need to have clear goals and principles that we believe in. Whether you're young, whether you're older, whether you are grandpas and grandmas, we all need goals and principles that we believe in, that we are striving for, and that we're going to work at this year. Amen? Jesus had some clear goals. We need some clear goals. And it's not too late. It's still the beginning of January. If you don't have some clear goals, sit down, think of the different areas of your life, and write down some clear, challenging goals. Write them down in as much details as you can and make sure that you have some spiritual goals. Of course, some goals for the year are obvious. Those of you studying, you want to get over this year. You want to pass. And so make sure that is an aim of yours and you plan for it and make sure you've got study time and preparation time. And so those are goals. Those of you working, you want to maybe go forward in your career. Some goals are obvious, but make sure they are clear goals for you. And make sure as well that you've got some spiritual goals. Are some of your goals this year to become more like Jesus by studying his word? By having fellowship with other believers? By worshiping God together with them and growing in the Lord? Proverbs chapter 4, 25 and 26 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. In other words, keep your eyes on your goal. It is so easy for you to <laughs> look around, to be distracted, to, to, to see what others are doing, who's coming out behind you, how far ahead are you. No, 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 look straight ahead. Make sure you run your race well. He says, ponder the path of your feet and let your ways be established. You see, make sure your ways, your goals, your vision is established. And say, if it is not established yet, sit down. You've got some time in January still. Make time, sit, open your diary, open a notebook, whatever, journal, and let your mind wander. Ask God to guide you, to give you dreams and write some things down, some paths that you want to follow this year. That's number one, have some clear goals. Number two, get rid of unnecessary baggage. Get rid of unnecessary baggage. In our scripture this morning, that phrase that says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us in Hebrews chapter 12. Listen, guys, and I know we've got some comrades, marathon runners over here, and I'm sure they will agree with me. You don't run a comrades marathon 
with a loaded backpack in your bag. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm going to be on the road for four to six hours. I better packing some Samis and some Coke and, and, you know, and maybe a little folding stool if I want to rest along the way. <laughs> you don't do that. You go as light as you can. In fact, these days, even modern sporting clothes are, are designed to be light and, and to be, I don't know, what you call it, aerodynamic and stuff like that. You, you go light. You get rid of baggage. And guys, in the race of life, you have to get rid of unnecessary baggage. <coughs> amen. amen. If you agree with me, say amen. Say oh my. Say ouch. Say something, please. All right. But we need to do that. So he says, weight and sin. Two things specifically mentioned here as a necessary bag. Weight. What is the weight? This is anything that holds you back. Amen? Anything. It's not necessarily sinful. It can be a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing. If I'm going to run a race, it's a good thing to put a backpack and put a sandwich and put a Coke in there, right? It's good to have food back up, but it's unnecessary. It's just going to hold me back. It's going to delay me. It's going to cause me to miss the mark and to not do the good, a good time and stuff like that. So it's unnecessary things that hold you back. And in these last two weeks, we've heard some very good messages about the importance of leaving things behind in 2018 and starting new in 2019. If you've missed those messages, please go to our website, awakenlife.co.za and go and listen to them. Very important messages. And there they go into a lot more detail in these things that can be weight that holds us back. Weight can be wrong thought patterns. In fact, very often, weight that he talks about here are wrong thought patterns. Things like negative self-talk. Oh, I'll never be like her. I'll never be like him. I wish I was shorter, taller, fatter, thinner, more clever, more fast, and blah, 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 blah. There is always these wrong thought patterns. You know what they do? They hold you back. It's distractions. And very often it's lies of the enemy. Lies he plants in you. He can't get you to stop following Christ. So he puts all these stupid thoughts in your head so that he slows you down. And maybe even causes you to miss the mark. And not to get to where you're supposed to get. Are you listening to me? Come on. We all have been attacked by this. It's not one or two people's problems. These are general problems. Some people have more uh, grace in, in getting rid of it. Others entertain these things longer. But we all, at some point or other in our lives, have to deal with this. This year, you all are going to have to deal with this sometime or other. Negative thoughts. Negative self-talk. Amen? What about, what about distractions? Some distractions may even be good, be something good, but it loses you to lose focus of the main thing and lose momentum that could prevent you from reaching your goal or doing more this year. Could prevent you from getting closer to Jesus, from growing spiritually this year. So be very careful. Be very careful. Be careful of the lies of the enemy. Be careful of the people that you surround yourself with. Be careful of the activities that you get involved with. Are they contributing towards your goal or are they moving you away? 
In my life, and once or twice in my life, I've had to make major career decisions. I was given good offers, but I knew what my goal was. I knew what God had called me for. And so I had to say no to something very good in order to keep my eyes in something better. You see, God's plan for your life, the goal he has for your life is better than some good things in this world. Hello? Yeah. While I was still working in microelectronics, I was, uh, there was one guy who was about to retire. He wanted me to go to Germany and be trained to come and do his job. It would be a great, thank you, it would be a great opportunity, a little bit of an upscale for me. I would become the expert, okay, in that particular field in the company. Um, very prestigious. But by that time, I knew there was a calling in my life. And I knew I was not going to spend the rest of my life in microelectronics. And so it would be good. And I could have said yes. I could have gone all the training, let them invest all that money in me, and then I'd be there one or two years and then push off again. But, but because I knew where I was going to, I said, guys, thank you very much. I appreciate the offer. But no thanks. I'm going somewhere else. I'm not going to waste your time nor my time. Let me stay exactly where I am, yeah? And find someone else. And it was not easy to, to let an opportunity like that go. You know, when you're young, you want better positions and more money in your pocket and stuff like that. But you need to know what your life is all about. Later on in ministry, we had launched the Portuguese ministry, this little church, and it's still a small church. And I knew my life, is, this is what's going to be my life. And twice I got invited to go and pastor larger churches, but away from Pretoria and away from the community God had called me to do, to serve. And I had to say, I appreciate your offer. I'm honored by the invitation, but thanks, but no thanks. Because I knew where my calling was. I knew what my goal was. You see, sometimes good things can pull you away and distract you from what God has called you to do. That's why you need to know what is your goal. Where are you going? What is your path? Brothers and sisters, young people, everybody, spend time with the Lord. Spend the time you need to know what He wants out of your life. Does He want to embark on a career or a ministry or whatever? Get to know from Him and He will speak to you if you will listen to Him. He might not give you the whole plan, but He'll certainly give you some steps and you know what you have to do. Spend the time you need, but get some goals. And specifically for this year, let the Lord give you goals for this year. But be careful of weight, any distraction, anything that steers you away from where God wants you to go. And then, of course, it talks about sin. Now, here in sin, he's talking about conscience, conscious, intentional actions that you know are wrong, are immoral, are destructive, are against God's will. In fact, that last phrase sums up what sin is. Anything that you know that is against God's will. And believe me, when you do anything against God's will, you know it. There's a little voice inside there. There's a little awkward feeling. And yes, we can resist and say, ah, you know. We can ignore that little voice, but that little voice will always be there. The Holy Spirit will kind of nudge you. Kind of, hey, hey. And you know. And whatever it is that you are 
entertaining in our lives, that you are making excuses for, that you are allowing habits, actions, language, that is a sin, those things will hold you back. It will cause you to miss out on reaching God's best for your life. will result in hindering you from finishing well this year. Huh? Listen to Philippians 3, 13 and 14. It says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it, but I do one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, you're a great apostle, doing so much. And he said, you know what? I don't consider that I've arrived yet. I'm still running this race. And so I forget the things that are behind. I'm not holding on to stuff. Huh? I'm not holding on to stuff. I'm leaving st- good and bad stuff. I'm leaving behind. And I'm running to that which is ahead of me. I press on. Proverbs 4, 27 says, Do not turn to the right or to the left. You see, be careful with distractions. Don't keep running. Oh, oh, oh. You know, imagine me running the comrades' marathon, and then there are some of those beautiful parts, you know, amongst the mountains. And imagine if I stop over there, and, oh, this is so beautiful. Look at God's creation. Now, listen, nothing wrong with that. There are some beautiful scenes when you do the races in Natal or in the Cape and so on. But, you know, when you run your race, that's not the time to stop and take photos. Huh? It's not a, a, a tour. There's time for that. When you run your race, you're focused. You're going ahead. No matter how wonderful and beautiful the stuff is, you're running, running ahead. So be careful of distractions, he says. Huh? Do not turn to the right or to the left. And he says, remove your foot from evil. In other words, run from sin. <laughs> Don't look for trouble. And so get rid of the unnecessary weight. Get rid of sin. Let's make sure we are free to run the race that is before us. Amen? So, have some clear goals. Get rid of unnecessary baggage. Guys, 2018 is over. Forgive. Let go. Get rid of resentment. Amen? Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Let's run this race. Do not sit here holding on to stuff which happened last year or 10 years ago or longer. All right? Then finally, number three. Know your support team. Athletes often have a team backing them up. And we should have a team backing us up as well. And we should know who our backup team is. And essentially, two distinct figures. Number one, Jesus. You should be your number one. He's your coach. The Bible says he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that got us here. He's the one that's going to get us through this and to the finish line. In him, we live and we move and we have our being, the Bible says. So he is my oxygen. So he is my coach. He is my everything. He is my number one in my team is Jesus. Hello? Is he number one in your team? If I'm going to finish well this year, I need Jesus in my team. Not as one of the members, but as the head, the lead, the center. 
I'm focused on him. He's the one that calls the shots. He's the one I listen to. Amen. He will speak to you by his word. He will speak to you by the Holy Spirit. He will use people to speak to you. He will use circumstances to get your attention. Be open. Be attentive. Amen. Jesus, number one person in your team. Second, like-minded people. Like-minded people. Bible says there are witnesses in heaven. And it says you're surrounded by those witnesses. But listen, it's not only the witnesses in heaven that we have read about. But there are witnesses on earth as well who want you to win. That are cheering you on. That want the best for you. People who believe in God and people who believe in you. Find those people. Surround yourself with them. Be careful who you surround yourself with. Don't let people come around you that pull you down, that criticize you, that break you down, that do not have the same goals that you have, that do not want to follow Christ like you want to follow Christ. Find people who also have Jesus as the center of their lives, who believe in God, who believe in you. They are here They are in your life. Identify them. Surround yourself with them. Let that be your support team. Amen? Get people around you that can stand by you, encourage you. But above all, listen to Jesus. Because people are people. And even people who love you sometimes may do something stupid, say something stupid, say something careless. But Jesus is your number one. You listen to your coach first. In a team, you listen to the coach first and then to the other guys. Amen? Listen to your coach first. Make sure Jesus is at the center of your life. Next week, we will continue the series. And in part two, we will talk about how we can keep up the pace of the race throughout the year. Starting is easy. Pang, and we'll start. That's the like a part. But it's the middle part, the keeping on, that is a tricky part. And so next week, we're going to talk about how can we keep on, keep up the pace of the race throughout the year and what to look out for so that we don't fall out by the wayside. Be sure to be here next week and try to bring someone with you that needs to hear this message. In closing, let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. And I'm reading to you from the... Uh, Passion Translation. This is again Paul speaking and he says the following. Isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win? But only one receives the victor's prize? Yet, each one of you must run the race to be victorious. Huh? Each one of you must run the race to be victorious. See, back in those days, a whole bunch of athletes would run. But only one would receive the crown. In this spiritual race, all of us can get the crown. And that's why I can help you and you can help me. Because if I help you, doesn't mean you're going to be first and I'm going to be second. If you help me, doesn't mean you're going to lose your place in the race. No. When we help each other, we make sure we all won. And we all get the crown. That's the beauty of this race. 
And he says, a true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constraint, self-control, in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. The little laurel those guys used to get like little branches. After two days, three days, that thing is dead, man. And they, and they work so hard for that. But we are working for a crown that lasts forever. For that reason, I don't run just for the exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. In other words, he's saying, I subdue my body. I listen to what the spirit says rather than what my flesh says, to what the world says, because I want to win that crown. Amen? Let us run to one. Amen. I'm going to call the worship team to come up again. We're going to close just now with a song. Just as we review something important over here. And the points that we looked at today, they look like simple, basic steps. All right, let's go back to three points again. Have some clear goals. Get rid of unnecessary baggage. Know your support team. You say, Pastor, I came to church to hear this. This is so basic. But I am sure that if we were to sit together, huh, and we would discuss these three points in your life and my life, I guarantee that we would find that we would have to give attention to one or more of these things. Huh? Think about it right now in your life as we prepare to close. And we're going to close by singing a song together. And as we sing the song, I want you just to, to think about these points. To have a moment with the Lord. To reflect a little bit. Perhaps you need to clarify some goals. Maybe you haven't really sat down and, and written down some specific goals for your life. You're just going from one year to the next. Here we go again. Get up in the morning, blah, blah, blah. Go to bed. Get up in the morning, blah, blah. What is your goal? Why are you doing what you're doing? Where are you taking your life? Maybe you need to clarify some goals. Perhaps you have to let go of things of the past that you've been holding on to. It's holding you back. Maybe you need to forgive someone. Enough already. Just let go. Perhaps... You need to forgive yourself. Sometimes it's easier to forgive others than to forgive yourself. But if God forgives you, who are you not to forgive yourself? So maybe you need to talk to God about that one and process that. What, 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 what sin are you making excuses for and allowing in your life? Sometimes you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing any of the big sins. My sin is he's so small, I'm sure God doesn't even notice it. <laughs> I haven't killed anybody yet. <laughs> so what sin are you making excuses for and allowing in your life? What, what habits or behaviors are hindering your growth, hindering your testimony? Hindering your service to the Lord. Listen, what, what lies are you believing about yourself? Huh? What lies are you believing about someone else? 
And above all, is Jesus the center of your life? Is he your number one team member? Do you acknowledge that he's the one that gives you life, who loves you, who died for you, for your sins, and wants you to live with him forever? Is he your number one? As we end the service now by worshiping the Lord, may I ask you just to search your heart right now and talk to Jesus even as we sing. Talk to him. Maybe you need to ask him to guide you into some goals. Maybe you need to ask him to help you forgive someone. Forgive yourself. Maybe you need to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I've, I've allowed other things to be the center of my life. But this morning, I'm declaring, Lord Jesus, you are the center of my life. I invite you back as my number one, as my coach, as my savior, as my Lord. I surrender my life to you. I acknowledge, Lord Jesus, there is sin in my life. Help me to get rid of this this year. Amen? This is our prayer for this year. Be the center of our lives. That we may finish well. Be our hope. Be our song. Be our vision. Be our guide. Be the wind in our sails, Lord. That you may start strong, finish well, to the glory of your name. And so, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon each one of us as we run this race to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. See you next week for part two. Have a great Sunday, a blessed week. See you next week. Amen.